If you take a look at one of our liturgical calendars that are circulating around the church in various places, and you look at the date today, you'll see that it's an unusual color. Now, the liturgical calendar is color-coded so that, to help priests and altar guilds to uh, plan which hangings and vestments to put out. And this particular day is uh, rose-colored. Now, we, we don't have a full set of rose-colored vestments. Maybe we should work on that. But uh, that is why the other option is to retain the violet for, uh, for Lent, which is what we're doing today. But it is a special day because it is called Letare Sunday. There are two uh, such Sundays in the church year. One takes place in the third week of Advent. Picture the Advent wreath here in front of me, and you re- will remember that there are three purple candles and one rose-colored candle. That's the Rose Sunday in Advent. And that one is called Gaudete Sunday, and that comes from the liturgy, uh, the old rite liturgy uh, from the Roman Catholic Church in which uh, the entroit, or the Latin psalm that is read at the beginning of the Mass, begins with that word Gaudete, which means rejoice. And similarly, Laetare Sunday comes from the same source. Another name uh, in more English terms for this day is Refreshment Sunday. You'll notice that uh, there are flowers on the altar today. This is the only Sunday during the season of Lent in which flowers are permitted on the altar. And we had a funeral here yesterday, and the family were kind enough to leave the flowers behind. And they were were so beautiful, and this was such a, a special Sunday, that I thought, why not? Let's put them uh, up on the altar. And indeed, in uh, England, today is Mothering Sunday as well. So it's a day of celebration and a day of refreshment. So, and our, our, our prayers and our songs today uh, make frequent mention of bread, of food. Uh, the opening colic today was about Jesus being the bread of life. And the hymn that we just sang, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah, Bread of Heaven, Bread of Heaven, we say that over and over again in the hymn. And we hear the story of the Israelites in the Old Testament lesson, who, while they are wandering in the wilderness, are sick of the food that they have. They're just tired of it. They're tired of being tired, I suppose. They're tired of wandering around, of not having homes. Sure, they left uh, slavery and bondage under the pharaoh of Egypt, but at least when they were there, they had places to live, beds to sleep in, food to eat. And here they complained to Moses, what have you done? Have you brought us out here to kill us? We are tired of this. We're tired of this food. We would rather go back and just uh, be slaves, but live comfortably. God had a different plan for the people, though. And in one case, in another section of Scripture that we didn't hear today, we know that God rains down manna from heaven, and they get tired of the manna from heaven, and then God rains down quails. There's always just enough food to go around. They're not supposed to store any of it up because God wants them to rely on their faith in his providence. And that sort of goes against human, uh, human uh, traits, doesn't it? Even today, we tend to want to save things up and 
hoard things and prepare, you know, because we just don't know what's going to happen in the future, and which is wise. But in this case, God was looking to them to be more faithful. And so in this reading, they complain bitterly. And as we heard in the Psalms, they refused food and were near death's door. And in a very unusual, sort of startling, and I would say somewhat gruesome story, uh, God sends poisonous serpents to bite the people. I'm not a fan of serpents, poisonous or not. And so the thought of this kind of makes my skin crawl. It's probably the point of writing this down. And so the people, of course, go to Moses. Moses, Moses, what is going on? We've got snakes now. Help, do something. And so Moses prays to the Lord, and the Lord tells him to do something really unusual. He says, fashion a poisonous serpent and put it upon a pole. And whenever someone is bitten or sick, have them look upon the pole, and they will be made well. Really, really odd stuff. I mean, golden calf, no way. But snake on a pole, you're good. So what does this mean? Um, and, and I'm, of course, thinking of the symbol for, uh, for medicine, and uh, especially the one, the veterinary symbol only has the one snake. And I believe it could come from this. I think it also comes from Greek mythology, but that's beside the point. But this bronze serpent that is raised on a pole represents not just the sin of the people, not just evil and punishment, but also healing. And we know from our perspective with hindsight that this prefigures Christ being raised on the cross himself. Christ, who was without sin, became sin so that we might have eternal life. Christ went up on the cross purely without blemish, without fault, without sin. And as scripture tells us, not only took on our sin, became sin, absorbed it all for the sake of everyone, for all those who would call on his name, for all those who would believe. And so what is the refreshment in Refreshment Sunday? It is that our, you'll notice that our scriptures, at least the gospel scriptures, take a different turn from what we've been hearing. Remember last week was the cleansing of the temple, sort of a violent upturning of tables, whipping, animals running everywhere, people screaming. It's a scene right out of a a movie. But the tone and the tenor completely changed today. And Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So words of hope and comfort, but couched in the crucifixion. Jesus said, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. So again, he foreshadows what is to come, 
not just foreshadows, but flat out tells them what is to come. But we know that when the time does come, even those who are closest to him can't believe what's going on, can't cope with their fear and anxiety, and only his mother and St. John are left by his side as he dies on the cross. You can see a beautiful example of that down in our chapel. The crucifix has not only Christ on the cross, but flanking it are his mother and St. John looking on him in pity. So that cross, that thing which was the most gruesome way to die at the time, mankind has invented many gruesome ways to end other people's lives, but this is one of them. This one really takes the cake. And it was a symbol of not just pain and death, but extreme shame. People were crucified right out in the open, an open spectacle, so everybody could come and hurl insults and watch uh, with, as, as these uh, people suffered and died on the cross. And so Jesus was, of course, not the only person uh, to suffer in that way, but he is the only person who made that type of suffering sanctified. He made that type of suffering holy and not an instrument of death, but an instrument of life, an instrument of resurrection, an instrument of forgiveness and peace and wholeness, not a brokenness. And so we look back to that serpent on the pole. We look back to those people who are wandering in the wilderness complaining that they, their needs weren't being met. All the while, God was looking out for them. We may not be physically wandering in wilderness throughout our lives. We may have, in fact, we hope everyone has a warm, comfortable place to live, a dry roof over their heads, and we work to help those who do not. But spiritually, we wander, don't we, throughout our lives in the wilderness of life, trying to make our way. And it's easy to complain. It's easy to get lost. But we must remember, like those ancient Israelites, to keep our eyes focused on that thing which is the source of healing and life. For them, healing of snake bites with this serpent on a pole. But for us, much more than that, much, much more than that, looking upon the cross of Christ as our destination, but also as our launching pad to send us out, to carry our own cross in the world and follow Jesus as truly as his disciples, and to go out and use that tool that we have, use the cross of Christ as the source of healing and life and love that it is. So on this Refreshment Sunday, I hope that you take joy and solace in the cross of Christ. And I hope that you, have, you are refreshed to continue this journey through the wilderness of Lent as we make our way to Calvary, but also to resurrection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.